this is Everyday Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie Ake. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share the disciplines that he practices every day that allows him to achieve a life of success. Today's Everyday Leader reminds us the value of perspective and how to practice an attitude of gratitude. These simple techniques are ones that you can apply every day to live your life with success. Rob Hoff is my guest today. Everyday Leaders, 50 and 50, show 13 starts now. Welcome to the program, Rob. Hi, Melanie. How are you? I'm great. I am so excited that you're on my Everyday Leaders program. Man, I know sometimes when you meet somebody, that electricity just kind of goes, ah, you're going to be in my life forever. <laughs> and and you are one of those people because... Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I love it. So I like to take people back to kind of where we met. And I haven't known you yeah. that long, but the impression that you made on me and in my life kind of changed who I was, what I believed about myself, what I could do. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of this everyday leader that I want people to hear from. So... Um, Okay. So when when we met, I had started with a medical company and had to do some training. And for me, a very creative, non-structured person, <laughs> I was led to your company and you guys were going to help us design some content. And That's correct. And so we got teamed up and um and you were my mentor and you taught me a lot of stuff about why a structure is important and how it can actually you know, really develop tools um, that are going to be consistent. And so all these things, when I look back, I was like, oh, my gosh, my life really started to change because I learned so much from you. I totally did. Do you remember that first call, Rob? I was like, okay, now we've had the meeting. (laughs) What what did I I say? What did I I say? (laughs) You said, how am I going to do this? There's no way we can do this. You need to help me. Yeah. And I just kept saying, Melanie, you have all the tools. You have you have everything that you need to be successful. And all I did was just help you along that path, along that journey. Yeah, you you had you had it all. You were my mentor because you you, you coached me and you said, Hey, you can you know, oh, I'm going to give you a timeline and we're going to check in with you. And and you just really <laughs> you put me in a place that I hadn't been in a long time. And so as I started putting this show together, I'm like, Rob was my coach. Man, you got to come in here and talk to people about that kind of the essence of of what you do every day. Because what what I understand about you is you're not always like that. You have so, you know, kind of, I don't want to say you're Jekyll and Hyde, but but you have two. No, it's okay. That's fine. You kind of have these two personalities, right? What works for you is this real structured thing at work and then this real playful spirit um, because of a lot of things that you've learned in life. So part of this, part of this everyday leader program is I want you to help us understand kind of why you have this, this kind of perspective about life that helps you be successful. So tell us a little bit. Yeah. So tell us, tell me a little bit about, tell our listeners um, in your workplace, right? How leadership um, these principles of leadership, how you follow these and how it's made you that success in your personal uh, corporate life. 
Well, I would be, I would be honored. And I first want to say how humbling what you just shared with me and also the audience is. It's uh, I, uh, I'm humbled, and it was my honor, and it was my pleasure to be able to partner with you. Um, I, I think it was almost two years ago or so, even now, three years. Three years, And yeah. I know that the, yeah, and, and I know that the project was a great success, and it was because of our partnership. And I think when you look at projects, when you look at uh, partnering with agencies, with different companies, and as you look at uh, being a leader, that you have to have a balance between that process and what I'll call just simply being human. Mm-hmm. And I know that uh, when, when you look at the project that we partnered on, it was huge. There was a lot of moving parts, and it became all-consuming. And if all we focused on was the process, neither one of us would have been able to stay focused on that. No. We had to make... We had to humanize the project. <laughs> and uh, I think that's where we look at the uh, part of me um, as a leader and just as a person is being able to follow process, to follow timelines, uh, to be creative, but also to be uh, passionate and spirited um, in what we do. And it's not just what we do at work. It's what we do every day in our lives. It could be sitting in a coffee shop. It could be playing with your children. It could be, uh, you know, it could just, could just be uh, sitting at the uh, dinner table. It's, it's bringing passion to life. It's bringing passion to work. And that's what is going to motivate people. Um, and, it's, and, the, and you have to be authentic with it. And that's what I love about you and what you do is that you're so authentic, and it shines through every day. <laughs> oh, thanks. Well, you kept me, you had to, like, really hit me with a stick sometimes. I, Rob, you got to remind me, like, okay, check in with me, because I am, like, totally overwhelmed as I started these, I think it was, like, 47 project um, mm-hmm. ideas that we had, and, and it was really the first time that I had had a role like that to sit down in – you know, in a job function and say, I'm going to be tied to my chair for, for several right. hours a day and kind of just look at documents. And it taught me so much though, building agendas and, and really, again, that, that, that organized structure part that, um, was kind of a gap and I didn't realize how much I grew through that. So thank you for that because <laughs> you were that cheerleader. Yeah. It was, oh, well. it was so fun. Yeah. But, I think that both of us realize, uh, I, I don't want to cut you off, but, you know, it is, it is my show. Um, but <laughs> we, both, we have to realize that I didn't do the work, Melanie. You did the work. Oh you gosh. did all the work. That was a partnership. I, I was just, that's right. I just put down the breadcrumbs and you picked them up. That, it was, you did the work. Oh, it, it was, um, it was so. so much fun. So tell me, you know, cause you, you do have kind of a different life. You, you have the structured, like, uh, what led you to be kind of an instructional creative designer for companies? What got you into that line of work? I, I think what it was, was when I started my career as a pharmaceutical sales representative, and I really loved the opportunity to speak to physicians 
and to share with them the products that we had and the benefits that these products would bring to their patients. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a lot of, I, I probably had a couple of hundred or so physicians' offices that I had responsibility for. And if my products did not bring value to that physician's office or to the patients that they served, I didn't, I, I wouldn't push, I wouldn't try to sell. I, I wouldn't, I, I, I just didn't do it. If, if what I was presenting could bring value to that office, could bring value to that patient, then I was there as a resource and a partner for that physician. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, it's my mentality and it's, it's my mindset that I bring to everything that I do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not about me. It's not about my quotas and my commissions or whatever. It's about how do we bring value to the people that we serve. And I've always had that mentality. It's probably started when I was a young man and, um, you know, I, I was an Eagle Scout and um, I actually had the opportunity to take over a Scout troop because I wanted to give back. I wanted to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, it's why um, I, I became a politician in the state of Massachusetts. I was, I was actually elected to what's known as the Board of Selectmen um, in, in the town that I lived in. Because and it's not because I wanted to have the opportunity to march in the parade, though that was a good perk. <laughs> it was because I wanted to serve the people of my town. No, wait I've a minute. I always wanted to serve. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait a minute. So I got to tell okay. you a story because this is how we connect too. So when I was like seven or eight, I wanted to be a brownie, and I didn't want to learn how to do anything. I just wanted to be in the parade. <laughs> Okay, so, well, that's fine. So when you said that, it just br- it brings back memories, right? Because we can share stuff like that. That's right. <laughs> but hilarious because you do, you know, you kind of think about, well, what's my purpose going to be? And so I love yeah, that. Sure. I love that. So you served in Massachusetts, and um, I know you don't live there any longer. But so what was your we role? What was your role when you did that? Well, we were responsible as a board for the budget of the town. We. We had to we had to allocate funds to all of the different departments in town, whether uh, it was police department, fire, parks and recs. Um, we had the opportunity to give a thumbs up, or we would question the school budget. Um, we were responsible for uh, all of the functions of town government. Mm-hmm. We had responsibility for, and it, it, it was a wonderful, wonderful uh, journey. And what, I think one of the most exciting things about it was the opportunity to campaign. Mm-hmm. And for folks out there who have ever had the opportunity to run for public office, it's probably one of the hardest things in the world to do. It is. It is exhausting. Um, I, I probably knocked on close to uh, maybe two, 20, 22 to 2,300 doors. Wow. Every evening I would walk. And I would knock on doors and I'd have conversations with folks. I can't tell you how much coffee, how much, uh, how much iced tea I drank in the course of six to eight weeks as I campaigned. And, but what it granted me was the chance to get to meet a heck of a lot of people in the town that I was serving in. And 
to have the chance to listen to what was important to them. Mm -hmm. And when I sat in that seat, I was sitting there and I was representing the majority of people in that town. And that's what I did. Um, And I'll share with you an aside is that politics today, and I know that we don't want to get into that, but I understand why they don't want to give up their seats because it's really hard to get. Mm -hmm. And if we... So, because it was a very, very long journey, but uh, it was well worth it because I believed in the cause. So talk to me about, and and so a leadership lesson here that I really just think about and think into when you talk is, you know, the trade-offs that you had to make of going and knocking on doors and the hours and just the energy. And so how long did you, how long were you on this committee? Well, it it was a... uh, three-year term, Mm -hmm. and I served a little over a year and a half because our family had the opportunity to move down to the state of North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So um, I I now live in the city of uh, Raleigh, and uh, that's where we have been for the last four years. But we had had, uh, committee meetings during the day. Uh, We had some retreats on the weekends. It was a lot of work. It was a lot. There was a lot of time that I spent away from my family in the evenings. But again, it's it's a it, it's a calling. It's a higher purpose, mm-hmm. and it's the purpose once again is serving. And when I say that I sat on this board and that I was a town official and I was a leader, I wasn't. I didn't view myself as a leader. I I viewed myself as a voice of of the people. And uh, it's similar to what we, how the two of us think when we serve the folks that we need to serve, Mm -hmm. whether it's, it's clients of, um, of, um, of ours that we have here at the agency that I work for is that everything we do is for them. Mm -hmm. It's not for me. It's not for, it's not for my president. It's not for the person I report to. It's for it's for my clients. It's right. for the people we serve. And if if everybody, I have a dream that someday everybody will have this mindset. Can you <laughs> imagine? And I think we're going to start with that mindset today with this podcast <laughs> and your fifty to fifty podcast because it's part of a revolution. It's part of the revolution that you are starting. Now. Well, I hope so. I, you know, that's the whole intent is to give people hope that, hey, maybe things aren't exactly what you want them. But if you are that change in the world, right, you can make a huge difference. And so um, it's so fun to have people that, that I've connected to like you to kind of explain, like, here's how I think and here's my mindset, right? And yeah. what I want you to talk about, I don't want to miss this opportunity because um, – okay. Because you had something really serious happen to you that I don't, I don't know that you've always thought this way, but you had, um, as, as we've talked, and I want you to share this as much as you want to or can, but what was that one thing that changed your life? Uh, well, I, ha- I, uh, I was diagnosed with a tumor. I had a brain tumor mm-hmm. uh, with, at the... Uh, a time in my life where my, our, our children were just starting to, they were small, they were, they were just starting school. It was, it, it couldn't have come 
I, I should probably start over again. I don't think a brain tumor can come at a good time, mm-hmm. whether your kids are small or if they're older. But <laughs> it came at a time when they, when when our family needed dad the most. Yeah. And that's when I was diagnosed. And um, I went through the operation successfully, but I came out a different person after that experience. And I often tell folks, I often say, I wish everybody could experience a brain tumor. Mm -hmm. I wish everybody could experience what I experienced, that they could, that they could slowly watch the lights get dimmer and just turn to dark. And then 16 hours later, you open your eyes and the light comes back and you realize I'm still alive. Mm -hmm. And because it changes, it changes everything about you, everything about you. Now, I I want everybody out there to understand, I, I really don't want everybody to have a brain tumor. I want them to have the experience of what that can do for you. Mm-hmm. And it truly does change you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because the, the little things just really don't matter anymore, Melody. Mm-hmm. They don't. You know, it's what matters is inspiring people and and just focusing on the little things because those little things have tremendous impact mm-hmm. um, on the world and on people that that you you can you can have a you can have an opportunity to change. I was going down, uh, I had a chance to take a walk today, and um, I was up uh, I was up by the pharmacy, and there were some folks sitting out front. And, you know, you know, they're homeless people, and they ask for change or for food. And nobody even talks to them. They don't make eye contact. And uh, I had a little extra time, so I took out my ear mud and I just stopped and had a conversation. I had a power bar, so I shared a power bar. Um, but just simply talking and acknowledging another human being mm-hmm. can just mean the world to that person. Yeah. And that's that's what now I'm not saying I wouldn't stop and talk to people prior to the brain tumor, but chances are I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have kept those verified on just kept walking forward with the blinders on because that's the type of person I was. Um, But this really did change my life. Leadership is all about kind of pulling people up, right? It's not pushing them, but it's pulling them. And so if you can give somebody an opportunity of hope, and there's a lot of people that that I work with, that I know, that I coach, that are going through situations that they, you know, they may not have found that hope yet. Uh, they're in a, a hostile work environment or they're in a hostile mm-hmm. family environment. And so to them, that's all they know, right? That's what they recognize. Kind of like what you've described as this was your life before the brain tumor, right? It, you're mm-hmm. kind of secluded because you're just not made aware of the possibilities. And um, and so I think that's a great message is, you know, not not to have the brain tumor, but have the perspective of the experience that your life can be more about others than just kind of yourself and your, your beliefs. Right. And, um, exactly. exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's not about you. Mm-hmm. It's about others. Mm-hmm. And that's what a true leader, a true leader, not just somebody who has the moniker or has the title leader, a true leader 
always is thinking about others. And he, I, I know that two of us have seen all of the posters and the memes. Who you know, it, someone who's a leader always refers to we. It's never I. They're always encouraging people. They're not putting them down. But you know, you have to. It a lot of that you can't. I I I, I don't think it can be taught. I, I think you can teach it, you know, so it shows up in a book and you read it, but you have, you have to believe it. And we all know people who are born leaders because they inspire you. Um, someone like yourself, uh, in, my, in my book, you are a born leader. You inspire me. Oh, um, you inspire me to do things that I would never do. <laughs> The fact I'm on this podcast, you have pushed me out of my comfort zone. So thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> well, and, and I want to talk about real quick, and thank you very much for that, because, you know, I I just adore you because we kind of just, we have this energy that just bounces off of mm-hmm. each other. And when when you know people <laughs> like that, you just are constantly like, help me create ideas and let me give you a call and help me be a mentor to just kind of think through something. And so it's been really fun the last few years to know you and connect on that level. And so I ask a lot of people about finding your strength, right? And so finding, Mm -hmm. taking tests, and I love these personality tests, and a lot of people do them on Facebook. But um, there's a book called Strengths Finder, and it's Mm -hmm. more of an assessment to kind of hone in the 34 skills that you have. But it, it says, you know, read the first 30 pages in this book, and then take this test. And what it does is it, it really illuminates the top five things that your character is built from. And, and so you, you shared with me your top five, and I think it's so awesome because we share some of those. Um, but your surprise, your first one is a communicator. So, mm-hmm. so as a communicator, and then, and then the other ones are problem solver, listener, strategic, and caring. And as I read through those and, and kind of read through the book again to say, ah, oh, of course, Rob is these things, right? But but it, it really describes like if you're searching for something that like I have, I feel like there's something within me that I need to fulfill or I'm not reaching a potential. Like there's so many self-help books that you can call self-help right. books out there. But this mm-hmm. one, I, I just think it really identifies, you know, what you are maybe hiding or that you haven't exposed and, and helps you kind of walk through you know, what you were connected to young or something that you've Mm -hmm. kind of forgotten about because maybe you're in a job that doesn't give you those capacities to experience, you know, those things. Uh, If you sit at a, if you're a communicator, right, and you're in a Mm -hmm. certain environment, maybe changing that environment to experience those things. Um, Right. So I want you, have you ever, and I know I didn't really ask you this before the show, but, um, have you ever, for your strengths, been in an environment where you felt like, ah, I'm really not using these. I'm really not tapping into these. I need a change. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, I, I've been in a couple of environments like that. And um, I, I, I think that it, it, became, uh, it, it became evident quickly that I was in the wrong environment for the um, strengths and the personality type that I am. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I, I think a lot of, because this happened to me, and I would, I, I would presume it, 
it happens to a lot of folks and to a lot of our listeners is that you have a leader that's within that organization that uh, that wants to slot people into a job um, as opposed to getting a better understanding of how that person's um, talent and the, the personality type could help them in, in another way. Mm-hmm. And, and it's almost as though they're putting around they're putting a square peg in a round hole, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work. And I've I've been that square peg a couple of times, and you know it, it's been a great opportunity for that organization to say maybe we should put Rob in a in a client facing position, or in a creative strategy position, or in a position where you know he's going to be able to for uh, folks to be able to. We have a chance to get a piece of that passion, and and can be as passionate about what we do as as he is about sharing it with people. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's unfortunate that we don't have people, we don't have certain leaders who can identify that. Mm-hmm. Now, I will share with you now where I am in my life right now. I have found an organization that truly appreciates and values what I who I am and what I bring to the organization. And it's probably, it's probably the best fit that I've had inside of my entire career. Wow. And I couldn't be any happier. And, you know, it's taken you, it's taken you kind of learning and processing, you know, doing the things that you've built upon your strengths and Mm -hmm. and really understanding yourself. And um, I think one of the most important lessons is, not to fear if it's not working, you know, and so many people say, oh, I'm in a job and and it just, you know, nobody sees my strengths, right? But it's having that capacity to look deep inside and go, well, I know what I value, right? Or I know what my strength is. And so keeping and trying, you know, keeping to try new things or um, saying yes to more opportunities so that you can be exposed to those um, instead of, kind of, you know, getting back down and, and I see a lot of people go through this. So I, I, as you talked about it, it's, I'm no good. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not worthy. I can't do this, whatever those thoughts are that people start that negative self-talk. And Mm -hmm. that is so common because of the ideas that other people put on them, right? Instead of believing in yourself to say, I need to find that right connection. I need to find that right power because, that's what life's about so that you're kind of settled and that you're, you know, really building on your strength so that you can give this, this whole energy to people. So thank you for sharing that because that is so important. People have so many fears and, um, they don't have to, but it's about that belief like you talked about. They, you can do anything. And I know that sounds, that's, that can sound grandiose and, okay, yeah, okay, Rob, that's easy to say. But, no, it's true. If you have – everybody has amazing gifts and talents that are just – that are needed and wanted so desperately. And sometimes sometimes the journey could be a little bit longer to find a home where those are going to be – 
are, are going to be appreciated. But don't quit. Don't stop the journey because there is a place for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and don't give up the passion. Don't give up all of those personality traits and all of those talents that you have so you can become the square peg to fit in the square hole mm-hmm. because – we don't need any more square pegs. <laughs> That's a great lesson. So let me ask you, because you have done this, you know, you're, um, you have a family, you're, you've lived a lot of life, you're successful. So tell me about stress. When you feel like, okay, I have fear or things just haven't, you know, until this point in your life, we always say mm-hmm. up and up until then, right? So up yeah. until now, things weren't just perfect. And how did no. how did you um, kind of train yourself through new opportunities or, or stress that would come into you? What what are the strategies that you practice? Mm-hmm. It's a great question. It's a great question, and I'm sure that there are a lot of amazing books out there, uh, business books, psychology it, it, that that have. Um, uh, certain types of uh, models or steps or phases. I'm going to be honest with you, Melanie. I've, I've never had the chance to read one of those. Um, I, how I dealt with stress was um, first, I, I wouldn't allow myself to internalize it for too long mm-hmm. because that's when it just starts to eat away at you. And you then you subtly start to take it out. On, on the people that you love, your family, your coworkers, your friends, and that's not good. So when I face stress, what I would do is that I had, I continue to have a very, very dear friend who I met when I was starting, starting my career in the pharmaceutical business, and him and I went to training together as two young pharma reps. And we just connected the two of us, like the two of us have connected, mm-hmm. you and I. Mm-hmm. And for 20 some odd years, we, we have, we've kept in touch. We've, uh, our families have grown. We continually talk to each other. And in times where I needed counsel, I always had him that I could turn to. Mm-hmm. I had a buddy. And, you know, I could talk to my wife. Um, I, I could talk to my brother. But um, hold on. Can you hear that in the background? I can. That's so authentic. I love it. <laughs> well, what what I'm sharing with you right now is that life throws curveballs at you, and one of those could be a fire alarm. You just <laughs> never know when the fire alarm will go off. You got to be prepared, so, don't you? You got to be prepared. I hope you're not on everything. a second floor. <laughs> oh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> don't jump, Rob. Don't so, jump. <laughs> so, you know, you when you're going through your career, you know, there may be fires. There, there may be fire alarms. It, it could get hot. You know, sometimes the flames will burn you. But if you have somebody who you, who you trust and who um, you can talk to, I shared a lot with this individual, and he shared a lot with me. And we we had the chance to get through a lot of life's lessons together. And it was really nice having a friend like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so that really helped. That's how I dealt with my stress. 
is I had somebody I could turn to. I, I never had to walk alone. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and so yeah. I, I want to kind of take this here because people, you know, sometimes we say we have friends and we have a circle of people that are our support system, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes those are the same people that aren't helping us move and grow. They are the ones that are keeping us down, right? And they don't allow us to change because it's uncomfortable for them because you might have a new set of friends or you may have a new set of kind of expectations or coworkers. And so when I think about a lot of people going through fears and change, you know, they say, well, I I don't want to put myself in a new environment because I won't know what's expected, right? And so you is kind of talking through all the things that you've done in life and now you've really found your kind of purpose and you're connected and you've kept that same person in your life that really helped you grow um, because you started something that you were passionate about and and you just kept in contact with that person that really lifted your spirit. So I want to encourage people to to really think about that because it's so important. Life goes by so fast. And if we don't think about the strategies, we sometimes miss out on some things that could really, you know, have our purpose right in front of us. So it's true. It's true. And, and it's important to don't think that you can do it alone or you have to do it alone. Mm -hmm. You know, there are people in your life that who, who are friends who want to help turn to them, ask them, ask them for counsel, ask them for advice because people want to help each other. And that's, that's what this individual did and we did for each other. And to this day, we're continually staying, staying together. In fact, we're going to have a dinner in another couple of weeks together. So and it's certainly plenty to talk about. That's awesome. Well, I, yeah. I want you to talk about, so I always talk about contribution and expanding. So you've, you, you're kind of like settling into this really great space in your life. And you mm-hmm. shared with me that you had written an article. And and so tell me about that because I want to tell our listeners. That's pretty cool. Well, uh, so I just wrote an article uh, that is just so near and dear to my heart for someone who is in this space that I'm, uh, I'm in, the pharmaceutical and the biotech space. And as a sales training professional, um, there's just such at times I don't want to I don't want to overgeneralize, but at times there can be a disconnect between the message that the sales representative is bringing uh, into the physician uh, and what are the needs and the uh, what what they need to help them to perform better in their practice. Mm-hmm. And um, so I wrote this article, and uh, it, it actually just got published, and it talks, about the, it talks about sales representatives taking on a uh, patient-centric approach to their dialogue. So, and, and I shouldn't just, it's, in, terms of the, in terms of the article, it's written for the pharma space, but it could be, any industry. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's when these representatives walk into the office, they need to not just be thinking about product features and benefits and just espousing on a, uh, what I call a talk track mm-hmm. that got shared with them from uh, marketing. 
And I know that you are a marketing professional, so I'm not trying to dump on the marketing (laughs) profession. But salespeople have to be able to analyze the situation, situational awareness, Mm -hmm. and to better understand what are the needs and wants of that office and not just talk features and benefits. What can they bring to that to that client that is going to help them be a better doctor when they treat whatever ailment it is that the, the product is that you sell this country. That's all about and adding adding that whole value, that perspective of value, you know, as a complete solution. It. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one thing to talk about it, and there's a lot of people talking about it, but it's another thing to be able to train to it. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing is that we're working to not to to better to start to change the mindset of these individuals so they think more um, of the outcomes, not so much uh, of that single call. So mm-hmm. it's the patient outcome as opposed to did I get all the features and benefits I had to get in on that call? Exactly. And um, and and it's working. We just had a project that was incredibly successful, and we're we're starting to change the mindset and. If we're able to do this once again, it, it all comes back to serving and to you know to having a higher purpose. And I I just had the opportunity to read a book um, which is called Selling with Noble Cause, um, and it's it's something I've been I've done I've done forever. But the whole um, sort of premise of the book is, you know, if you are it, it's if all you're thinking about are quotas and targets and you know and commissions, you're not going to be successful. But when you, in your mind, and, and if you truly believe it in your heart that what you're doing is making a difference in the world, then success will follow. Mm-hmm. It will follow, mm-hmm. and you'll you'll be accepted by whomever you approach. Because you're not being stereotyped as a, quote, salesperson, but you're being looked at more as a partner, as a resource, uh, as a trusted advisor, somebody I want to be with, somebody Mm -hmm. I want to listen to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not rocket science. It's it's what brought the two of us together. Mm-hmm. Um, when we worked together, we never talked about any of that stuff. I mean, we just we worked to help to help get this project done, so we could train the people that needed to be trained, so they could get out there and they could make a difference within the hospitals. Mm-hmm. That's, That's all we thought about. You kind of just take it on as a mission, you know. And if you're exactly. personally invested in it, then your customers. And your team really understands that and and feels that mm-hmm. passion. So, uh, yeah, I love how you describe that. I cannot wait to read this article. It's <laughs> so the article is called um, "This Is Your Time," right? This is your time. Okay. This is your time. Perfect. And I'm going to connect and that to the link here in the show notes, and and so people can kind of follow that. Um, if oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, that'll that'll be really great because I think there's so many. You know, as I've gotten so much feedback from listeners now, I mean, we have over twelve thousand um, hits on on wow. Podbean and um, iTunes, and just you know, the show's really um, connecting to people, which that's what I really want it to do. And and 
a lot of these people are sales individuals. And so I think the message that you just talked about is so important because the culture of what we do today is changing. And and even if you have a niche product or Mm -hmm. something that's, you know, nobody else on the market has, say a straw, you know, if you made the first straw, um, you still have to find the purpose and the value around that for people to kind of be excited and, and they can even help you create that, you know, next new product, right? Because they want to help be mm-hmm. your partner. So um, that's really cool, Rob. Congratulations on that. Thank you very much. Thank yeah. you. So, Mr. Author, down deep inside that you're now becoming. <laughs> <laughs> I've already got a second article in the queue. So. That's so cool. As soon as we I can... get that one. As soon as that was published, I'll, uh, I'll make sure to have a chance to push it to you so um, you can share it with the audience yeah, as well. really cool. You got that in time just uh, for the show, I'm telling you. <laughs> that was really awesome. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, um, I, I love that we have connected. I can't thank you enough for being on this podcast to inspire others. And uh, do you have any last things that you'd like to share with us about leadership? I think the final thing I would share with regard to leadership is don't push it. Don't try too hard. It's like golf. It's, there's going to be, it just, there's sometimes you're going to swing and the ball is going to get, it's going to get hooked or it's going to get sliced, but it's a deep inside. Just keep on swinging, um, stay authentic and, um, be a really good listener. And um, that will, it, it sounds simplistic, but sometimes the simplest things we do in life are the most, uh, are sometimes the hardest. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it just have empathy for people and, um, you know, share your experience with others and they will do the same. And uh, it becomes infectious. So um, if I can share that with, with folks and um, and I ask that you know you know everybody oh. everybody has to have the fire alarm <laughs> what perfect time you're right <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> I'm going to let you get out of that building before you something really bad happens thank you. hey thank Rob you, thank you for I being on the show I really appreciate it everybody Put up the fires in your life. Learn how to be a leader. Put up the fires in your life. Don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. You can take Thank control you, of your life. Thank you. Have a great day. I hope you make it out of there safely. Have a great 2018, you, Rob. All right. Thank you very much. Bye, everybody. Bye. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit is coming to Indianapolis. Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. Join me along with the 50 and 50 guests from Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. This exclusive event will take place at the beautiful Newfields Indianapolis Museum of Art on Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. You won't want to miss this one-of-a-kind leadership workshop where you will personally engage with these 50 leaders and learn how to apply their strategies to live your life with success. Don't miss this opportunity. You can be a part of this exclusive inaugural leadership summit here in Indianapolis, March 2nd, 2019. Early bird registration begins on April 20th, 
2018. Remember, there's limited space available, so reserve your spot now. If you know of anyone that would be interested in sponsoring this exclusive event, please have them contact me directly at make at makeconnectionsforlife.com. Thank you for following the podcast of Everyday Leaders 50 and 50.